Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the whiteout game, which means we've got a plenty of stuff to talk about. Not just about the game itself. We're going to get you a preview of Penn State, Minnesota, but also a preview of the whiteout, which isn't just everyone painting their face in white and coming out and being crazy people. It's also about recruits watching that happen. So we're going to talk about who's going to be there at the BWI Daily Edition with Ryan Snyder, our uh, best bets expert and recruiting insider. That's coming up next. There he is. It's Friday. Ryan Snyder joined the BWI Daily Edition. We can't get enough recruiting, especially right before the biggest recruiting game of the year. Ryan, how you doing? Tired, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's one of those weeks, man. It's one of those weeks. I went to a good high. I went to a good high school game last night. I'm happy it was a Thursday night game because there's no way I'd be going to a game tonight. Um, Who'd you just- see? Uh, Trinity and Steel High. So Trinity has Messiah Mickens. He's a young freshman coming up. Steel High has the Irby Twins, uh, Alex and Andrew. Uh, Penn State hasn't offered the Irby Twins, but they're you know great great players. They're going to play Division One somewhere. And and Messiah has an A and M offer. I don't know what an A and A and M offer is when you're a freshman and you've barely right. played. Uh, but it's clear he's going to be a good player. So I just wanted to go out and check him out. And of course Jordan Hill is is the head coach at uh, Trinity now. So. I uh, wanted to go out there and check out the team. It was a great game, man. 35-28, went to overtime. Feel nice. bad for the Trinity kid. He dropped it in the end zone. I, I felt I felt for him. But uh, real fun game last night. So we got that. Uh, we'll get to some more high school stuff right now when we're talking about hundreds of players you've tried to contact this week. You and Sean Fitz have been burning up the phone lines, confirming who's coming, who's not coming. Uh, One of those players had a little bit of extra news coming Mm -hmm. into this weekend. So tell us what's going on with Tysir Denmark. Yeah, he's ready to end his recruitment. And, you know, what's what's interesting here is if I had to pick a school right now, I don't I don't think it would be Penn State. I think it would probably be Ohio State. He's, he's been to Ohio State twice now. And just what the Buckeyes have done. How can you argue if you're a receiver? Uh, yeah. You know, obviously just all the success they've had. And uh, but here's the thing. So USC's in the mix, Tennessee, Oregon, and then, of course, Penn State, Ohio State. So. I'll be curious to see if he makes it to USC and Tennessee. If he does, I'll consider those schools more realistic now. But right now, this feels like Penn State, Ohio State. You know, he's coming to Penn State this weekend with mom and with grandma. And, you know, usually when you see a lot for for games like this, of course, a lot of guys come with their parents. But, you know, bringing grandma, bringing mom. I I, I don't know how many times those guys or those two have been on campus. I don't think it's been many, though. Every time I've seen Tysier, he's usually coming with Jamil. He's coming with Coach Preet. He's coming with the team. So just the fact that mom and grandma are coming, it it, uh, grabs my attention. You know, this is this is going to be their opportunity to check out Penn State. But again, you know, if I if I had to make a pick at the moment, I would probably lean towards the Buckeyes. And it really just goes back to the success that they have had at the wide receiver position. I think that's what 
oh, uh, yeah. has grabbed his attention the most. So we'll see how how it shakes out. But this is this is going to probably be Penn State's last opportunity to to impress Tysier. Now, again, if even if he makes a decision in November, can't sign for another thirteen months. So right. let's not pretend that that one's going to be completely over. Right, and so it's it would be obviously a setback if that were to be the case. Uh, how much is it a a benefit or? A problem, as James Franklin talked about, this is not the game to bring your buddies and your high school friends and everybody else. It's family and recruits and being realistic with people that, you know, because there are over 100 uh, recruits. And I know that as, we have confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be you, more than that. Mm-hmm. You said 70 on Tuesday. I imagine it's going to be so many. Like, I guess what I'm setting up is, is this a bad time for mom and grandma to come? And is this a disadvantage for Penn State that it has to be this weekend or pageantry and all those things you know how would you yeah well, rate those things yeah that's a good question i mean i would say the ideal time for that would have been in the summer right because you're yeah. going to get that personal time it's just you know when you when you do those visits in the summer it's just about spending time with the staff and seeing the whole school and seeing all the facilities and all the ins and outs from you know learning about nutrition and academics to you know what's what they're going to do for him from a weight perspective i mean ty sears done that mom and dad or you know mom grandma and none of his family has so uh that that's interesting to me but you're coming up for a whiteout game i mean this is still an incredible experience uh, yeah and you know obviously if it's if it's something that leaves a strong impression on them obviously penn state is a lot closer to home how much will that have an impact we'll see so uh i i would say it's definitely good that they're coming if you had to like pick the perfect opportunity I, i'd say it's Probably more so a visit in the summer, but uh, just getting them here and getting Tysier on campus one more time is really important because I don't, you know, he he said he wants to get to Tennessee and he wants to get to USC and he's going to make a decision on Thanksgiving Day. There, there's not a lot of time with that. And then you add the yeah. fact that Roman Catholics, I think they're six and one or seven and one, something like that on the year. They're going to go to the playoffs. So, you know, your weekends are, they're not going to be very many weekends in November, if any. Right. I, you know, that's the thing. I, I really, if they if they reach the goals that they have this year as a team, I don't see how he's going to make it to Tennessee or or USC. If I'm being honest, so it just sounds more like a Penn State Ohio State battle to me. Buckeyes have the 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 edge, you know, from talking to people in Columbus, they seem to think Tysier's a take. So right now you'd have to lean towards the Buckeyes, but let, let's see where things shake out in a week or two. Yeah. So Penn State fans, fingers crossed, be hoping for not just a great game, but a great experience for mom and grandma. Sounds like that's going to be very important. So uh, for Penn State fans, that's that we're setting up with those stakes of an Ohio State Penn State battle for one of the top players in Pennsylvania. So let's go to the rest of them Uh, who you've been confirming guys throughout the week. So pull up some guys that you think are important uh, that have been added or confirmed the last couple of days since you and Sean spoke on the Daily Mm -hmm. Edition Tuesday. So many. Uh, this is the biggest <laughs> list. I mean, it helps with Sean and I on the same team now. You know, for many years, we, yeah, obviously, it was just kind of myself working on it and Sean. And of course, there's definitely been times over the years where we've helped each other with those kind of things. But actually being fully on the same team and being able to split these these names and uh, regional lists up, it, it helps a lot. But yeah, I mean, just to put point blank, I mean, we're over 100 guys confirmed right now. And I, I can think of maybe one or two lists that we've ever had that are really that big. And a lot of those lists, though, we were including friends of friends and things like that. Where there's none of that on this list. I mean, I, I I was trying to count the guys before we started the show, and I didn't get a complete count until you threw it to me. But I think we're we're definitely over sixty or so scholarship guys. I think we're getting closer to seventy or so scholarship guys. And of course, some of these some of these players aren't going to be able to make it. But if they do, uh, this will be the beat the deepest list I think we've ever seen. So that just, let's yeah. just start with that right there. Can I, can uh, I just gonna, say something to, to under to underline your point 
Um, and to bring this up, if you want to check out the full list, bluewhiteillustrated.com, uh, it's up on the homepage. It, Sean Fitz wrote up the whole thing. My eyes glazed over. I looked at it. I'm like, nope, not going through this. Like, we're, I, we'll get to this when there's time to, like, parse things out and look at stuff. But I could not get through all those names and make heads or tails of it in, in the time I needed to. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of players. Yeah. A lot of players. And, I mean, I was working on it this morning. Like, I think we're still missing, guys, honestly. Because, like, I yeah. go through my Twitter DM and I'm like, oh, like, today, we, I realized, like, oh, we didn't have Brett, Brett Clatterball in there. He's, like, a really good 2025 linebacker just, just – we knew he was coming. We've known him for three days, but there's just so many guys there. You're just going to miss them sometimes. <laughs> so there's a couple of those guys we noticed. But uh, so a couple of things I'd say. Uh, a lot of good Pennsylvania talent on the way or on going to be in town. Um, just just starting with the 2024 guys. Yeah, you got Anthony Specky. You got Cam Lindsay, both really good linebackers out in Pittsburgh. You got David Papali coming up uh, from Lancaster. I once saw him play Joey Schlafler last week. You got Kevin Haywood. You got a, a group of kids from Philadelphia, from Kenny Woosley to the Roman Catholic guys and Mikey Preston. You got Emilio Agard out in St. Joseph's, uh, Joseph's Prep. There's so many of them. I mean, there's there's a handful of guys from uh, Bishop McDevitt coming. Even Tyshawn Russell's an interesting 2023 wide receiver who's starting to pick up some Division One offers. So just I think that the total list of PA guys is somewhere around two dozen or so. And out of them, it's it's almost all of the guys that, that they've offered so far. There's a ton of 2025 too from Saka to Deshaun Burnett um, to Jabri Wallace Coleman, who's committed to Georgia right now. You got Tyke Hayes, you got Zaire Mathis. Zaire Mathis is on pace to be a, a five-star player potentially. So just, just a load of top PA talent. I mean, for the most yeah. part, all the, for the most part, all the top PA guys who aren't committed right now are going to be here this weekend. There's a couple they're missing. Quentin Martin, for example, he was supposed to be here this weekend, but he's going to go to Ohio state. And then I guess come to, Penn State, Ohio State next weekend, or at least that is the plan. So we'll start there with those guys. Um, trying to think on who who's up. I mean, the, as far as the most talented guys, I'd start. Yeah. I say Ellis Robinson, uh, the, gotcha. the 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 cornerback out of IMG Academy, Reggie from New Haven, Connecticut. Of course, uh, Ellis has visited a couple times previously when he was younger. Uh, then he decides last year to go to IMG Academy, which was a pretty good decision because he is yeah, truly yeah. an elite prospect. I mean, right now he's number seven in the consensus, number three by on three, and he's got offers from everybody. I mean, you got Alabama, you got Georgia, uh, of course, Penn State's in there and, and some of the other Northeast schools. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the, those top programs down south, you got Texas, you got Florida, you got Tennessee, you got USC out west, uh, and, of course, Michigan, Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not sure if Ohio State's – I think Ohio State's offered. That's one I wasn't sure about. But, anyway, just everybody uh, for, for, for Ellis Robinson. So getting him back is important. His last visit was literally a year ago almost to the day. Uh, this game is going to be on the 22nd. I think the Illinois game last year was October 23rd. So I just find that interesting that it was almost exactly a year between visits. So Ellis is, as far as rankings and things like that, the, the top rated guy who's going to be here. You know, what, when I look at guys who realistically could end up at Penn State down the road, there's three who stand out. Of course, Kevin Haywood, we've talked about uh, at Archbishop Wood. We've talked about Dominic Nichols out of Oakdale. I love that play by Ellis Robinson, by the way. Uh, I'm having Dominic a hard Nichols. time. He he just he looks big. I I just wanted to double check before I said something stupid. He's five eleven and a half, one seventy. I don't know why, but on that on that highlight, he looks like he's about six two two ten. I don't know what we'll, it is. We'll get he, an up. We'll get an updated height this week. I, I think that number is old. I think he's I think he's a little okay. taller than five eleven. I think that okay. number actually goes back to his freshman year. I want to say. Uh, but we'll, we'll 
check in with me next Tuesday. I think that number yeah. will be different. We'll, okay. we'll see. Um, but let <laughs> me just derail us. But I was just like, yeah, wow, yeah. he's huge. And then I was like, whoa, that's different than what I expected. Right. No, I think it's an old number. I, I was teeing up uh, a joke that that's great, but he's going to play safety because he's so physical on film. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that that's the sort of complete corner you're looking for from an athlete I perspective. I think he's closer to 6-1 now. I do believe uh, we'll, okay. we'll get back to it. But yeah, anyway, I mentioned Kevin Haywood. I mentioned Dominic mm -hmm. Nichols. Uh, Jalen Harvey is the other one we got to mention. Those are the three guys that oh, Sean Finney, you know, most of the guys that moved ahead of him have bigger frames, uh, but he can really run. That's yeah. So. He's got snap off the edge. He's go there. Uh, I don't know where that was. That is that us talking the other day? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Sean and I talking. I was the other day as confused as you were. Luckily, it was still your voice for most of that. Oh yeah, boy! Was, wow. You were, I think you were doing that the other day while Sean and I were breaking it down in the background. So there people got a little breakdown of Sean and I breaking down film there. But uh, for, for the people that watch, uh, yeah. for the people that are watching on YouTube, this is what the color of my face is when I'm embarrassed. It, it clashes with the blue background. <laughs> so I'm sorry for that interruption of uh, Jalen Harley. Uh, well, Jason at least we were only saying good things. We were only <laughs> yeah. saying good things uh, about him. So anyway. But uh, yeah, Jalen, those are the three though. Uh, to, to be point now, I, I don't expect any of them to commit this weekend. I, I, in my eyes, I think Dominic Nichols is the closest. I really think that it could possibly happen late this year, early 2023. Kevin Haywood seems to be pretty firm and hey, I'm going to take my time with this. Uh, and then Jalen Harvey hasn't really spoken about it too much. It's just the the Harvey pick, which Sean has in. I don't yet, but I mean, I I, I trust him and, and I believe he's correct with Penn State leading. It's just more so that's coming from Penn State sources and, and they believe they're in a great position there. But Harvey hasn't mm -hmm. really opened up about that. So if I just had to pick somebody that would make the most sense as far as a commitment within the near future, uh, it would be Dominic Nichols. So let's see. I, it won't be this weekend. Now, I've talked to all those guys about it. They, they seem pretty firm that they won't be deciding this weekend. So gotcha. what else? I don't know. What else can we talk about this? It's just so incredibly deep. <laughs> it, it's I mean, overwhelming. It's, yeah. So I guess it is. What, what's a player that you're intrigued by and you want to learn more about? Is there somebody, a name that's kind of stood out to you of either uh, you're excited about that football player or somebody that you go, OK, I need to learn more here because I feel like there's something to gain from from doing mm -hmm. so. You know, there's some there's some guys from down south that are on their way up. Uh, Chance Robinson is another. Uh, he's a wide receiver at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's teammates, of course, with King Mack and Conrad Hussey. That's intriguing to me. Is he just coming because his teammates are coming, or or is there a good relationship there? Uh, tw he's a 2024 prospect, a uh, four star player. Um, I think he's like. 200 ish in the nation or so so uh you know firmly in the on 300 you have another guy like day day farmer uh rick darius is his first name day day is kind of his nickname uh good another good wide receiver prospect from coco in um in florida of course he's ranked like 152 i think in the consensus and is another on 300 guy you know what why are these florida guys coming up and, and honestly will these florida guys make it too i mean that that's right that's, that's just something we've seen so many times where the florida guys say they're coming uh but they don't i mean another one of them is john mitchell for example uh he's out of i think jacksonville mandarin high school he's a, a four-star cornerback according to on three you know will those guys make it they are planning to make it uh penn state sources have tell us they're planning to be here and uh, the players are telling us they're planning to be here. So I'm sure I'm sure most of them will. But usually you just kind of have one or two who, who don't end up coming. So just kind of be curious to see there. You know, another one, too, Max Buchanan. He's a 2025 offensive lineman who I really haven't. 
I don't really know a whole lot about. I'd, I've never really talked to anyone about him. Um, 6'4", 275. He's got some quality offers from Florida State and UCF and a few other Southern schools. Uh, he, you know, he's coming up from, from from Sanford, which I believe is you know right around the Orlando area. So there's just a there's a good group of uh, you know Florida prospects coming up that are always intriguing to me. And as far as a guy who I think could realistically end up here, who's very intriguing, I talked about him on Tuesday. Is Anthony Specka? Mm-hmm. Specka was at the Michigan game last week. I'm pretty confident that Michigan and Penn State are his top schools. How does that dynamic work there? Yeah. You know, after watching what happened to Michigan last week, now you're going to come see the whiteout. You know, just where is he going to be? Uh, you know, where those two schools stand, I guess, after the past two weekends. So, you know, reaching out to him uh, this weekend or, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever we're able to find time, uh, will certainly be one of the interviews that I'm most intrigued uh, on doing. So I just want to preemptively apologize to him and Anthony uh, Saka. Yeah, that, I, know. Uh, I just I, I, I'm afraid <laughs> every single time that their names come up because they're two linebackers in back to back classes. Um, so from from the totality of the list and and down to the individual players, it seems like and I, I know that this is kind of a generality, but 2024 is 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 really it seems like the focus of those were the players that um there's going to be the most focus on as far as like the next crop of players is is that fair like 2023 we know oh, kind yeah. of the situation with how things are going there or does it extend beyond it in 2025 or is that kind of like just kind of laying the groundwork how much how does it go by class when it comes to how you view the list like this oh it's it's 60 percent 2024 maybe more okay. uh i don't know if it's 70 percent that would probably be but honestly i mean when i'm looking at it and just scrolling through it it takes a while to get through 2024 uh compared to 2025 and 2023 so uh i, I would say probably 60 percent. i mean definitely over half maybe it's 65 70 ish is 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 the makeup of the list you know what you brought up one other thing too there are two 2023 guys that we're expecting to be there that we haven't talked about a ton uh publicly or we've talked about a lot of message boards but not really on youtube uh joseph mapui uh of course yeah. out of st thomas moore teammate was zion tracy and then kavion keys linebacker from richmond virginia varina uh kavion's committed to north carolina we had been hearing for a week that he was going to be here but nobody down there wanted to admit it uh they finally uh, opened up about that. Uh, I think it was about, uh, it was pretty much yesterday. Um, you know, Thursday afternoon, really we'll say. So Kavion is expected to be here. I think it, I think it's, it says a lot, you know, that, that he's making this trip, yeah. but you know, I, I think he's also very interested in Texas A&M and Auburn that the interesting thing is neither of those schools are having great years. So how's that play on things? Right. North Carolina is having, I guess okay. They're having a good year offensively, a really poor year defensively. So maybe that's attractive. Yeah. Kavion, I'm not exactly sure, but you know, in my my gut right now, um, I, I, I guess I, I guess what I would say is I just need to learn more there. My gut right now is probably that it it won't have a massive impact and that will end up in North Carolina. But I'd be lying if I said I I had a great great feel for it. So let's what's see where it ends a- up. What's your, what's your thoughts on Mapui? Uh, because he's one that I you know the the situation is is such a a thing to me is his relative age a factor you know when you look at his highlight film and you see what he is physically and then you go okay but he's also a couple years older than guys because of his situation does that factor in at all to you or is it really just here are his physical tools and they're good is that true, Chief Frank? I'm not. I don't. I don't know if that's true as far as his age was. I, I really. I thought I don't you said know. he had to leave because uh, he had to go to St. Thomas More because of his age. You're right. 
Never mind. You're all right. I do remember that. So I think he's just one year older, though. I don't think it's like a okay. substantial thing. Okay. He is one year. I think he's 19. I think I think you're correct there. And if you had to leave Carroll uh, after uh, once you're 18, like you can't start at 18 uh, to, be, right. to be a senior. I think is what it is. So I think I think you are right with that. I apologize. I forgot about that. Um, so I, I think it's pretty simple with that. I think they like him a lot, but they want to try and find someone that they like more. And and that's okay. really kind of and it's nothing. I don't I don't think it's really a knock on him. It's it's really a knock on the the whole defensive line situation as a whole, which I think we're going yeah. to talk about with this Minnesota game. Uh, they need elite talent, and he's a good talent. He's not an elite talent, and I think that's yeah. really kind of the situation uh, for, for the most part. So I wouldn't be surprised if Joseph ends up in this class, but I think the mindset is, hey, let's see, uh, you know, what happens in the coaching carousel and and who um, yeah. yeah comes into it, comes into everything because uh, that that's that's I mean they you they want to shoot for as high as they possibly can when they only have three scholarships left. Right. Like, cause like, okay, I'm sorry. We're going to go on a little tangent here, but sure. I wasn't thinking defensive line or defensive tackle was an important issue the last couple of weeks. And then we watched that Michigan game and we realized, Oh wait, it's still, that's why they're going for, or that's why they're looking at a Rodney Laura, you know, because the number wise there, there were some other positions that stand out more because it's because they just have young guys there, but mm. I don't know. Uh, I think it's very clear that they realize they need to improve the interior of their defensive line. And until yeah. they do, it's going to be an issue. Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, we'll get into that later, but I just think that there are certain players on the depth chart that we talk about. And there are certain guys that I don't talk about as much, but they play more than we talk about them and they are not having the impact you would hope. And then when mm -hmm. you factor in PJ Mustfer being gone and there, yeah, there's, there's a situation where they need, I think it's going to be a huge transfer position uh, in the offseason as well, because mm -hmm. none, none of the players that you're getting, even if they are a five-star freshman, unless they're, you know, the LeBlancs and the guys that we've talked about before, unless they're those guys, they're not going to come in and play day one. So mm -hmm. that is an issue. That is a situation where I think that there is going to be some flux this offseason. Um, so any last thoughts? Because we need to get to best bets today. Any last thoughts on the list? Any last thoughts on recruiting this weekend and what fans should prep themselves for? Um, no, I mean, I, I would expect a lot of kids to say a lot of great things about the whiteout. They always do. Right. Uh, will it lead to commitments down the road? Likely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always a great environment, but you need Penn state to play well too. It's pretty important. Expect, you know, it's one thing when kids come up and they lose to Ohio state, it's a whole different thing if they come up in this atmosphere and they lose to Minnesota, because if they lose to Minnesota, you know, I, I think you'll you'll see the crowd be, be pretty upset here. It's it's yeah. a whole different ball game than Ohio State, and you know you got the you got the whole back to back losses thing, and there's a yeah. lot of negativity within this fan base right now. I watched it on this message boards all week, so mm -hmm. they better have a good showing here because it, it does. I do wonder if the crowd kind of gets upset and restless here, um, and you have all these recruits in in attendance because yeah, you know, that doesn't normally happen when they're playing Ohio State. Like fans accept it when they're playing Ohio State. Uh, that I don't think people will accept it when they're playing Minnesota. Yeah. And speaking of, we'll get to that next. Yep. On Ryan's. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Snyder's best bets.
I think this is going to be one of the best seasons Toledo's ever had. Uh, we'll do the official play will be minus seven and a half first half. Degenerate in me sometimes watches a little Hawaii, you know. Uh, Stanford, I'll, I'll, I'll lay 12 with Stanford. Vanderbilt stinks. I had them last week against Notre Dame. That was a winner. Mr. Snyder, here are your games this week. Mm-hmm. We got uh nope, this is from nope, last week. T Frank, <laughs> you're out of it today, man. It's a Friday. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. Uh my in-laws are coming today. So uh... I spend a significant amount of time cleaning up the basement and sanding walls and painting things. All right. So I am we'll you're right. You I am absolutely off my game. But we'll uh, I do have a good reason. I'll... I'll run through my games here. Uh, we only got three of them. Well, actually, we'll do we'll do four. Uh, but there's okay. there's three that I really will break down. I'm not. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, T. Frank's in laws are coming. I got to get my kids from daycare. I mean, we are. <laughs> I've spent so much time working on this this list this week that I've had very little time to work on gambling picks. But Ryan, I will say this. Ryan, here's uh, the thing. Here, here's the thing. In the last five years, they've come to visit three times. Two of the times have been during whiteout week. So they they do is accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> right accidentally you need to have a talk with your in-laws buddy i don't know what yeah. else to tell you okay let's roll let's get this done you got to get uh yeah. get you got some things to do i'm going to take lsu over old miss old miss right now is getting two and a half in this one lsu is at home and give me lsu on the money line instead of the spread you can get lsu at about minus 120 minus 125 on friday depending where you look i found them at minus 120 and that's what i played uh, I think LSU has just played a much better schedule so far this year compared to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has played really nobody. Uh, LSU has played qu- way more just quality opponents. That, that Florida State loss was rough on them. That Tennessee loss was rough on them. But a lot of other signs in the other games that they've had uh, shows that this is a team heading in the right direction. Uh, I really like what I saw from LSU last week against Florida. You know, Jaden J- Daniels had one of the best games of his career last week against Florida. Keishon Butte had one of his best games against Florida last week. And here's the, here's the stat I love. Brian Kelly, 36-14-2 against the spread all time uh, when the spread is either plus or minus three. So basically games that are close to being a pick em. Uh, yeah. Whenever Whenever he's in those situations where you know these games could go either way, 36-14-2 all time against the spread. Uh, yeah, give me LSU in this one. I just I, I think Ole Miss is kind of a fraud team right now. Uh, they're top ten in the country, but they played absolutely nobody. I mean, they barely beat Kentucky, and you know Kentucky had all. I mean, that was just a really sloppy game. I yeah. do think Ole Miss has a good run game. Uh, 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 Quinchon Junkins, I mean, he was a Penn State recruit at one point. I should know his name a little better than that, but uh, he's a good player, freshman on the road this week. I think he's going to struggle a bit. So we got Purdue at Wisconsin next, uh, yeah. plus two and a half for the Boilermakers. Yeah, just I just there's a lot of stats that but point to Purdue this week as as this being the better team. You know, Purdue's 14th in the country. Um, uh, excuse me, 14th in the country. Uh, wow, what is it? Passing? I think it's. I forget what the stat was now, T. Frank. I'm sorry. I know this. I know they're 16th in the country throwing the ball compared to 88 for Wisconsin. Okay, so that one yep. stands out a lot. Uh, and then uh, Wisconsin is uh, 51st in the country rushing the ball this year. I mean, Wisconsin 51st in the country rushing the ball. I mean, what is going on there? And Purdue's defense is a quality 16th in the nation right now with rushing defense. Uh, by the way, Wisconsin 71st in the nation in turnovers. I just think if you look at the quality of teams that Purdue's played, if you looked at who's Wisconsin played, and you really, you know, I obviously. 
with Penn State playing pretty early in the year. I've watched Purdue a good bit now uh, in the games that have followed. And, you know, they really should have beat Syracuse. They, they, they've, they've played well uh, in all their other games. They're five and two in the year compared to, I think it's like three and four or something like that for three and eight, three and three for Wisconsin. I just, I just think Purdue's a better team. Yeah. Wisconsin's at home. Uh, if you can get Purdue at plus three, take it. I haven't yeah. plus two and a half here. I was really hoping to find a three, but I haven't so far, but yeah, give me Purdue. Uh, and Purdue, this is the thing is Aiden O'Connell's not playing great so far this year. The, mm -hmm. uh, the, the He's ability, the, the ability to throw the ball to the other team is the exact same as it was last year, but without those receivers, without having kind of some cornerstone players, the big plays aren't there as much for Purdue. And part of that is on O'Connell and part of that is on just the receivers not being open. So you, you said you were adding a bonus team that isn't on, uh, on our list today. So who's that? Oh yeah. Just to make this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right charlotte i i don't even know if anyone knew charlotte had a football team uh charlotte minus 14 against fiu i will break this down because no one is really going to care probably bet this game but fiu is just losing to everybody this year they fiu is the worst team in college football uh you know just the more i've been looking into it charlotte hasn't had a good year but they're healthy now this is a get back game this is you know, everybody's using FIU this year as that get right game, right? It, yeah. you, you're having sloppiness. Uh, oh, we got FIU up next. Let's pound them. And that we saw that with UConn. We saw that with a bunch of other teams here in recent weeks. Uh, I just think this should be like a spread closer to 20 points. But yeah, just give me Charlotte minus 14. And uh, yeah, FIU is just terrible. I, I said last week, Oklahoma State sucks. I take it back. Oklahoma State doesn't suck. <laughs> FIU suck. They suck. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> the 49ers, picking the 49ers. I love it. Uh, That's so let's right, the get, 49ers. Let's Go get ahead. to our game of the week. It's the Nittany Lions. Uh, Minnesota comes in plus five in this game. A little bit surprised there. Ryan, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll let you do most of the... You, you, you're, you've been watching more film than me. I've been annoying 16-year-olds all week trying to see if they're coming to Penn State. So I'll let you do most of the breaking down here. But, hey, look, I'll just I'll get right to the point. I am 0-4 picking Penn State games this year. Uh, if I didn't have to pick Penn State games this year, I'd have a winning record. Right now I'm 11-13 on the year. Take away those four uh, Penn State games, I'd it'd be looking a lot better. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Minnesota in this one. So we can look at it two ways. It's either I'm reverse jinxing this and fans will be happy or I'll finally get a win one or the other. I, I don't think I can lose in that situation. Uh, but if I'm being honest, man, I looking at a lot of trends here that I don't think stack up. Well, now here's what I will say is if you're actually going to bet this game, I don't know how you can touch it without knowing what's going to happen with Tanner Morgan and Sean yeah. Clifford. I think it's yep. it just, I don't know how you can bet this without knowing because if, because if Minnesota has, uh, I, I'm going to, I don't know how to pronounce it. He's the Greek quarterback. He's, he's a third year player for them. He played a little bit last week. Like if that's going to be their player, yeah, Penn state better win this game. But if Tanner Morgan is playing, uh, I think Minnesota can, can win this game, but yeah. I, just the one stat that really stands out 113th in the nation in tackling right now. Uh, Mo Ibrahim is averaging 4.7 yards per carry after contact. I mean, there are just, there's yeah. a lot of other stats I can go to that do not point in Penn state's direction. T Frank, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, so let's start with that. Um, Ibrahim is very important to this offense. It, he is everything that makes it work. Um, and, and that's the bad news, right? So you're facing another good running back. The good news is he does not have the same home run speed as the two running backs you saw from Michigan. So even, even then, there is a bit of a... a I feel like watching Penn State's defense, at least there's going to be a cap on the damage per run as opposed to he's just going to break it for 62 or 58. It would 
it would be a uh, uh, somebody would have to get benched if that were the case with Muhammad mm-hmm. Ibrahim for him to get that free and break that many tackles to to break home runs because he's a really good running back vision power understands how to set up blocks all of the things minus speed so he is going to be a huge problem he's going to keep the chains moving uh and and that offensive line and i know that people probably don't care what i have to say about offensive lines after the comments i made last week about the michigan's offensive line but this is this offense is and this is what james franklin said earlier this week and i think people misunderstood this offense does what it does in a sense that they are predictable I wrote a whole lot of words this week about schemes and offensive coordinators having concepts and foundational principles that they believe in and systems that play off of each other. That describes Kirk Shiraka. You didn't see it at Penn State. You did not see what Kirk Shiraka is at Penn State. Go back to watch 2019 and you watch Minnesota and even if you just watch the Penn State game and then fast forward and watch any of the games this year. The tape looks the same. They do the same things. So on that hand, this sets up better for Penn State to be able to stop the run because they were, they were, I firmly believe, and I've been more right than wrong over time, that they were surprised by what Michigan was doing offensively. Michigan threw them a left hook and Penn State never recovered. Now, we talked about the defensive line. That is an issue. Players were getting pushed off the spot. Especially, guys, I was told all week that you need to have Mustafa and Devon Ellis in there because they've got the beef and they'll be able to hold up at the point of attack. Go back and watch that and tell me how that went. So that's the that's the concern is that this particular that this particular defensive line won't be in their gaps. That was the issue last week. And whether they were forced out of their gaps or they ran themselves out of their gaps, that's going to be the issue. But. When you know what's coming, and it's going to be a whole lot of outside zone, Ryan. Whole lot of outside zone. As long as you're in your bleeping gap, I think Penn State can beat. I think Penn State can play with Minnesota because their speed on defense will matter this week. Because outside zone is all about getting guys moving. It's about combo blocks, defeating those. The stunts that Penn State wants to use are much more effective against zone blocking when you can surprise and defeat somebody that way. But Mm Minnesota is very good at running their system. So then it becomes like, are they going to anticipate all the things that Manny Diaz does? And will that be a problem? So I think it's an even battle this week, as opposed to last week, which I thought was an even battle and then Michigan zagged, which is to me like the story of that game. Now, I, all I got to say is that was the closest you've ever gotten to swearing on this podcast. Bleeping gaps. <laughs> I mean, I've said a couple of bad words. That was, I was like, whoa. Look at I, you. I, I, so it was very frustrating watching the film of like, you know, you're watching, you're watching these things happen. It's like, no, you've got to be on the other side of that guy. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. What, why are you not? You are allowing you are allowing him to get to the sideline, like, oh, yeah. That would, so. I, I, I was going to say all I've I've said like three times this year on this podcast, like, oh, this is the week we're going to learn about Penn State, right? Like, I mean, I've yeah. said it. I think at like an Ohio game, I said it. I think Auburn, and I said it last week. I can't keep saying that. Like, I know what Penn State is now. 
yeah. their O line has slightly improved, but they're not they're not greatly improved. If you take yeah. those two long runs against Ohio that Nick Singleton had, and that one long run against Auburn, take them away. And I know you can't take them away. I mean, they he earned those, right. but if you do, this rushing game looks a whole lot different than yep. it than it does uh, statistically right now. And I get it. I, a lot of other teams have those long runs, and that's why theirs are boosted too. But it just it's three, four big plays that Penn State's really had in the rushing game, and that's it. Uh, so I just I have serious concerns there, and yeah. I have massive concerns about the interior of this defensive line, just because. And man, I, I wrote it this week uh, for our magazine. You know, in Penn State's five losses last year, they gave up an average of two hundred and sixty some yards rushing, and of course, you know, there was a it was like three hundred and some against uh, Illinois, and then it was like three hundred and yeah. some against Arkansas. So those boost them a lot, but I mean, even against like. Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan, I think it was all – I mean, they were all still like 160, 180. Yeah. I mean, they're just giving up way too many rushing yards. I don't see how it is even possible that Penn State could keep Minnesota a, a below 150 yards rushing this week, unless unless if the third-string quarterback's in and, yeah. and that's all they can focus on. So, you know, I just – whenever – when they can't stop the run, they don't win. And, yep. and I'm still, yep. I, if you look at my prediction, I still predicted Penn State to win, but I don't know how you, you could possibly take Penn State to cover, uh, to win this. Cause I mean, five is no. basically to win by no. a touchdown or, I mean, there's win by six. So I just, I don't the, know how you could take Penn State this week. There's, there's a couple of ways to do that. And one of them is score points and make Minnesota like this is, this is my concern. And I, I also picked Penn State to win and I don't feel good about it. Like no, I, I that was, that was basically, I picked them because of the whiteout. We, the, we were all saying this in our text, though, too. We're like, who's <laughs> going to pick Minnesota? And, like, none of us did, but, like, all of us kind of wanted to. Uh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, honestly. So, like, we'll see. I, I think – I don't know. I, I know this is a negative podcast right now that Penn State fans, like, probably are turning off on. But I, I just – man, when I look through some of these, like, PFS stats, I look through yep. some of the other analytical stats, like, nothing's really in Penn State's favor now. And, and I, I, boy, how much things have changed in a week. I, I should care more about the size of defensive tackles and that whole conversation. Um, I should like, that's not me trying to set up the, butt, but like I should, I should care more about that. I've just seen when you watch individual plays and you watch a player doing the same thing over and over again, it's not always about size. Like Keem Beeman, you know, 265 pound defensive tackle. He wins a good number of reps, but he loses a He's lot. He's the really one winning badly. the most though. He's right. the one winning the most, though. Like right. no one else but is, it's, including it's, PJ. It's, it's on. It's yes, and that's the so that's the thing is like he's in his gap, right? So he's in his gap, but he's not winning. He's not making right. difference making plays. So if everyone's this, that is where be in your gap falls short because first off, then if no one is exceeding that, everyone has to be perfect. You can all Somebody be in your gap, but if make... you're getting pushed three yards back, sorry, I, I cut you off, but. Yeah, I, 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 uh, but I, I see it's it's not even about being pushed three yards back. It's about are you maintaining the integrity of the defense? So you lose initially to get into your gap. And then if you don't fight to get there and you try to backdoor a block, you've pulled yourself out of the gap. So you're but then you might win that later. And if you are a, a linebacker, and you are coming downhill and you come downhill and the line has shifted and you don't get in your gap. 
you're not in your gap. So if nobody is just beating their guy off the line and PJ is not able to do that consistently and Hakeem is doing it, but he is wrong sometimes. Or if the linebackers are wrong, you've got a very thin line, I guess is the problem. And mm-hmm. and that's, that's really, you know, again, caring about the size is caring about size. If you were 275 pounds, you might win those outright more often. If you were 295 pounds, you might win those outright um, instead of losing some and winning some. But my real concern is the Penn State offense. And I spent right. 3,000 words talking about the Penn State offense this week. The best and story you've ever written, by the way. I didn't tell you that this week. That was the best thank story you've ever written. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. I it's it's the reason you haven't seen Penn State highlights uh from practice. He Frank knows I, I I work with him more than anything. I am like a anal as hell on some things. And I, I want to give you credit for that one. That was the best story you've ever written. Well, thank you. And but it digs mm-hmm. into the heart of the problem for this team is that mm-hmm. the offense is um predictable at this point, and they don't have enough credible threats on the field to make their systems run. And the vibe I've been getting from the coaching staff is we're going to do the same, but better. We're going to do what we do, but we're going to improve 1% each day. And that's going to be how we win more often. And then that becomes what's your matchup. And are you better than those guys instead of, okay, there's going to be subtle adjustments every week. And I'm, I'm hoping because I think Mike Yersich is a really good offensive coordinator, but he's playing uh, the 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 metaphor I made this week or simile is that he's a he's a lead guitarist playing rhythm left-handed because he's being asked to do things that he is not familiar with and he even admitted this you know in a, in a conference call this week talking about trying to use the tight ends and some of the challenges that go into those things and those are all incredibly valid things that if you're not a guy who's been raised in that system to know and how to navigate and you're learning all these things. And and I'm not saying that he's never used tight ends before, but using them in this way and working through these problems, you know, this is what you get. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is, this is the mm-hmm. offense you get. And at times I felt like this two tight end package is bolted onto his passing attack. And it's like two, they're running two separate offenses on top of the fact that the quarterback is Sean Clifford and all the problems that presents there. And some of the things he talked about of, we want to give the same looks each week to the running back. So they get better and they see the same things and they are growing and learning. And that's great. But the defense is growing and learning about what you're doing. But the team, the, the college football had this offense figured out in week four. And I think that this game needs to be a pivot. This game needs to be an offensive uh, shift. It, you don't have to radically do things differently, but you do have to introduce some new challenging concepts, break some tendencies, and add more threats to the field. Because if you're going to run two tight ends and and Theo Johnson struggles as a run blocker, that is a historically known thing, and you don't target him, what is the point of his presence on the football field? Other than mm-hmm. to bring more defenders into the box. That's That is not a winning formula. And I think that it's within this group to be good. And I think it's within this offensive coordinator to be good, but something has to give. And Minnesota has a good defense. I wouldn't say they're exceptional. I wouldn't say that they have some standout elite qualities. 27 is a phenomenal safety. 55 is a really good run blocker. So if Penn state crowds the box three tight ends and they bring those athletes in closer play into that strategy that's to Minnesota's advantage. Now, 
again, I've said all week, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm just, these are my observations. They've got to find a way forward. But until I see them do that, I don't have any faith that this offense can score more than 24 points in a game. 20, and and that's, I'm, that's the, like the, the height of what I would be comfortable saying. So how is Penn State going to score points? They need to, to get ahead of Minnesota so that Minnesota's scheme doesn't work because what they do is they suck everybody in and they run RPOs and they throw the ball downfield. And if you allow, this is what I think the saving grace is for Penn State. They can crowd the box and play aggressive man-to-man coverage because there's not a lot of rub routes. Minnesota likes to spread the field and they'll attack the slot. So it's going to be a big game for who's ever out there in the slot. Jonathan Sutherland or Daquan Hardy. And that's going to be a big matchup in the game. And it's that's Minnesota doesn't have great receivers, but Penn State has struggled with those two players on the football field. So I, I'm I'm also giving you a lot of doom and gloom here, but the the, the problems that have come up, I, I don't I don't see a solution if you continue down the path that you have with both sides of the football. Happy you brought up Tyler Newbin. I think he's incredibly important. He's 27 uh, for, yes. for uh, Minnesota safety. Incredibly good player. He's so him. good. Yeah. They, I watched they him. Use him on, they use him was. a lot like um, they use him a lot like Brisker that the way mm-hmm. Penn State used Brisker mm-hmm. where he is. He's a deep free safety. He is behind the line of scrimmage and he's in the box a lot. So he can do a, a little bit of all of it. Yeah. I forget who was there. Who was the safety they had two years ago? Um Minnesota, you know, you know, I'm talking uh, about man. It Winfield? was Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of similarities there. Yes. Uh, I felt like um, compared to, I mean, just remembering that that 2019 game, I think it is by now. But um, but he's going to just be a really important player. I mean, they got to find ways to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know really know how you how you're gonna how you're gonna go about it. But I mean, he he's been. I don't want to say a game changer for them, but just, yeah. just somebody you got to avoid or you know find find ways to keep the keep the ball away from. So attack 14. <laughs> that's my plan. Uh, that's oh, what yeah? I would do. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Attack number 14. That's what I would be trying to do. Uh, and, and 11. Like, I do think that there are plays you can make against this team too. Like that's the other thing is there are plays to make. They run a lot of cover too, two high safeties. If you've got great tight ends, run them down the middle of the field against those, but then you've got to have the quarterback that wants to throw those places. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to go. Minnesota is a good defense. They're also beatable. Minnesota has a good offensive line, but they're also really beatable. Like if you put them in third Mm -hmm. and seven, the right tackle is not a good pass protector. Like just how it always is. They've got these gigantic long offensive linemen. They work well together, but the size and the power per pound is not what you would think, but they can absolutely shred Penn state's defense. So I don't know. What was your official pick? Let's end with this. What was your official pick? Uh, I think I did like 21, 20 Penn state, something like that. Maybe I did like 23, 20. I mean, I just, I don't have confidence. I I just don't, if, if Tanner Morgan's playing this game, I think I, I, I pick Minnesota. I just don't, if it's that third string quarterback, that, that kid, I mean, he, he can't be Penn state, but, um, I, I just, I don't know what we're in for with this whole quarterback, um, news drama. And Penn state's quarterback situation too. Right. right, That too. I haven't talked about Uh, that. I think Clifford's going to play, but you know, I just, I I don't know. I mean, to me, I felt like that was more so like if Clifford, if the game was close, I don't know if Clifford comes out of that game, you know, but like, we don't know, and we'll never really know. I mean, we, 
you know, we have obviously connections and people we talk to and lash, but like injuries are still nothing that we can really get. I mean, it's like right. the one thing that is always, always, always off limits. So I don't want to pretend that I have a ton of information there, but to me, I, I would think Clifford's going to play in this game. I think Tanner's the bigger, uh, more questionable, um, you know, player. And we'll find yeah. out at uh, what five thirty or so uh, Saturday night. But yeah, I, I just see low scoring. Um, but you know, the only reason I kind of see low scoring for Minnesota is because they're going to be running the ball. And, you know, I did – we thought that kind of for Michigan last week uh, and and see how that worked out. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, yeah. man. But uh, there's just nothing, not a lot right now that I'm very optimistic about. I had 24-21 Penn State. And like I said, that's just – I gave them four points for the whiteout. So, I hope Nick Singleton saves you. That seems to be the game plan this year. <laughs> Uh, that'll do it for the BWI Daily Edition. Have fun. Enjoy the game. (laughs) It's going to be beautiful, everyone. It is. The one thing I'm really jealous, I can't go out and tailgate. I mean, tomorrow's like 70 and perfect. Like, you could not ask for better weather. So, hey, man, maybe Penn State will will, will romp them, and we'll all forget about that Michigan game. But uh, just it's hard to get out of your head as of uh, a week later. Yeah, that's the beauty of this is the next 65 to 70 plays for the Penn State offense could completely change my opinion about it because they can redefine what this team does. And, you know, the last thing I'll the last nugget I'll drop before we get out of here is I think Penn State's best uh, system that they run on offense, their counter their counter plays on in the run game. They have a chance to work in this game. I've seen uh, Illinois did a pretty decent job pulling and counters and things like that. So, um Again, 2755, both those guys are going to be a part, and you're not going to win all of them, but you might be able to crack a few. Like I said, if those numbers that I gave you earlier, they're the ones in the front on run support, you might have a chance. That'll do it for the BWI Daily Edition. I will. 14, everyone. Go ahead. Take us away, d no, you nailed it. Thank you. That was uh, thanks for remembering. That'll do it for today. Make sure you uh, tune in after the game. Live analysis, live conversation about what happened during the whiteout. You're already up. You're already amped. Just stay up. We'll break it all down for you. I'm Thomas Rankar. We'll talk to you then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.